Hello and welcome to today's VJ Hemonk podcast. We are a global open access video journal bringing you the latest in hematological oncology. In today's podcast, you will hear from expert Anna Sarida, who shares some valuable insights into the current role of chemotherapy in the treatment of Hodgkin and non-Hodgkin lymphoma and how this is changing with the introduction of novel targeted agents. So Hodgkin's lymphoma is one of the most curable hematological malignancies nowadays. Uh, the standard of care has been for uh, many, many years, uh, conventional chemotherapy. And in some occasions with the association of radiotherapy. If we look at the small proportion of patients that are primary refractory or that relapse after achieving a complete remission, salvage chemotherapy and then consolidation with an autologous stem cell transplantation has also been the standard of care for many years. Uh, this treatment landscape um, has already changed over the last few years and probably is going to change even more in the um, next few years. So if we go back to the primary um, or to the um, first line treatment setting, um, we are seeing the inclusion of new drugs uh, together with chemotherapy. When we talk about new drugs, um, we are basically referring to brentuximabedotin, which is an um, anti-CD30 monoclonal antibody, which is associated to a drug, monomethyloristatinine. And then the other group of new drugs are checkpoint inhibitors, so nivolumab and pembrolizumab. Um, so both of them have already been included in the first line setting in combination with chemotherapy and we have quite a lot of information indicating that the results of this combination um, are better than the results that we have with with chemotherapy alone um, also in the relapse refractory setting we are seeing the introduction of these new drugs either alone or in combination with chemotherapy we have even tested the possibility to give the patients chemo-free treatment strategies, for instance, with a combination of nivolumab and brentuximabedotin before autologous stem cell transplant. And we are even working in some prospective clinical trials that would eventually try to avoid autologous stem cell transplantation in a population of patients that it's being considered good risk. So probably in the near future, um, we will try to reduce more and more uh, the use of chemotherapy for these patients and maybe, maybe we will have subgroups of patients or specific situations uh, where patients are going to be treated only with new drugs alone and no chemotherapy. First of all, when we talk about non-Hodgkin lymphoma, of course, we have to take into consideration that we are including here many different histologies, and each one of the histologies has its own standard of care regarding first-line treatment and, of course, uh, second-line or third-line treatment strategies. Uh, in principle, chemotherapy uh, together with monoclonal antibodies when we talk about uh, B-cell non-Hodgkin lymphoma is still the standard of care. Uh, but we are seeing in first-line treatment the inclusion of new drugs. For instance, if we talk about diffuse large B-cell lymphoma, we know that data coming from the Polarix trial indicate that the inclusion of polatuzumab bedotin in the R-CHOP 
where cheap combination is able to significantly improve progression-free survival over our chopper which has been the standard of care for many patients and during many, many years, and it has not been removed from this condition by other new drugs in, um, in the setting of other prospective clinical trials that have resulted negative. So maybe um, uh, when we talk about first-line treatment strategy, we are going to see some changes with the inclusion of uh, novel therapies or tar targeted therapy. If we go to the relapse setting, probably the changes are significantly higher or um, wider than in uh, first-line uh, conventional strategies. Uh, for transplant-eligible patients, autotransplant has been the standard of care for those patients with primary refractory disease and relapse disease since the data coming from the PARMA trial that was published in 1991 or 1992. Um, and nowadays, we have information regarding the possibility to um, substitute autologous stem cell transplantation. And here we have the role of two different anti-CD19 autologous CAR T-cell so Axicel and Lysocell have demonstrated uh, in Zuma 7 and in Transform respectively that they are able to give better um, event-free survival than the standard of care for those patients that are transplant eligible if these patients are primary refractory or have an early relapse. So I think that in the next few years, we will be seeing that autologous stem cell transplantation is going to be progressively substituted uh, by the use of CAR-Ts in these specific uh, subgroups of high-risk patients. And if we go to the third line setting or plus, uh, here um, uh, chemotherapy is, uh, let's say, leaving its own space to what we could, could consider new drugs. Um, we already have the indication for autologous CD19 CAR T cells in third line setting for patients with diffuse large B cell lymphoma. We can also include here mantle cell lymphoma where uh, brexucaptogen um, is approved for those patients with relapsed refractory disease and that have already failed BTK inhibitors. And of course, we have new drugs still not yet in, to, in the market, at least in Europe, uh, but hopefully they will be coming pretty soon, like by specific monoclonal antibodies that have demonstrated to be also very effective in the treatment of relapsed refractory diffuse large B cell lymphoma, and also maybe with less evidence in terms of number of patients in mantle cell lymphoma and in other indolent lymphomas. And of course, we have small molecules, we have lenalidomide. We have tafacitamab and we have other antibody drug conjugates uh, that are not being um, reimbursed in Europe outside prospective clinical trials, at least some of them, uh, but that have demonstrated to be very effective and with a very interesting toxicity profile and in some ways will be substituting the conventional chemotherapy in the way that we have been looking at it and we have been using it for many, many years. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at VJ Hemonk and subscribe to VJ Hemonk podcasts on Spotify, Apple and Podbean. Until next time.